0: If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. So, I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was reading a press release about how he started taking pH-balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7, and that's what helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. He even said, I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. It's important when working out. I always need energy to level up. Couldn't agree more with Lamar, after watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match, I think it's safe to say that Balance 7 is working for him. Cool thing is, we've got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now, where if you go to their website, Balance7.com, and use the code BELIEVE at checkout, you'll receive a free 4-ounce bottle of my smooth skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails at $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Again, head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I will. If it worked for him, it can work for you too. And <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast, right here on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by Bet Online. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker, back with you here for yet another edition of the show. Alex, what's going on?
1: Solid, man. Everything's good over here in
0: Italy. Nice. Glad to hear that. And, uh, you know, even though it's the NBA offseason, we know that sometimes that's the, the time where the most news is breaking out. And just as it seemed, the at least momentarily, things were set for the Clippers, a uh, pretty monumental trade, at least for them and in, in their culture and their identity and the player that is the main player that's departing from the trade. But I think that's, you know, right where we're jumping and start. Patrick Beverly, you know, four years with the club, heart and soul of the team. We've talked at length about what he's yeah. meant and the winning percentage for the group and and obviously everything that he's means, even when he's not playing with the attitude and, and the culture that he's instilled. So just your your initial thoughts on the deal. Uh, you know, Patrick Beverly initially going going to Memphis, uh, Beverly Rondo and Oturu for Eric Bledsoe coming back, and then Beverly rerouted in a separate deal to, to Minnesota, which is where he ultimately ends up to play with the Timberwolves. But uh, just your thoughts yeah. initially on, on hearing the deal and and you know what it means for the Clippers and, and your your reaction to it.
1: No, I, I mean, my first reaction was the a shocker, to be honest with you. Um, to get rid of your dog like that, um, you would think like he is pretty much the mascot on the team that brings the energy that, that you know what you're gonna get as far as the, the tenacity that he brings. It's just uh incredible um to to take away that type of momentum, you know, that somebody is gonna guard everybody, that's not as scared of guarding Luka Donich or, you know what I mean, some of these big names that you need to stop Steph Curry, the list goes on, you know. So, um it was it was a it was a it might have been a, one of the toughest moves for the Clippers, you know what I mean, just just by just by the name of weight that he holds. Um, but to see him leave, um, I think he gave everything he could for the for the team. As far as the fans, you know, he's definitely going to be truly missed. Um, to get somebody like Pat, I mean, um, Bledsoe, it's going to be um, you know a great comparison of the two. Bledsoe's a, a, a lightning bolt, you know what I mean? He's speed, he's quick as hell. Um, he uses his his strength. He's a big guard, you know, size wise. So it's a great you know situation where. You're not taking away so much, or you're not waiting for like a young guy. You get somebody that's going to be able to compete with these guys that they have, and bring some, you know, some force as far as that that front court more than anything. So I think it's a great, you know, smooth transition as far as the
0: the caliber of players that you're getting and you're taking away for sure. It's a really interesting deal for the Clippers, and you know, some of the things you touched on. Obviously, Patrick Beverly, who. You know this front office. You know whether you give a credit for it or not, but they're not afraid to to make a move or you know go against popular opinion or hurt some feelings. You know I think I think that they handled it obviously the right way. Beverly has been gracious through the whole thing. You know he sent out a, a thank you video to the fans of the Clippers, so he's obviously someone who's felt that love and appreciation as well. But you know we saw it earlier this year or this past season with Lou Williams getting dealt. He had that same kind of impact with the team. Of course, you go further back with. You know Tobias Harris, and of course before that with Blake Griffin. Uh, you know the team is kind of proactive in how they make these moves, and you know if they feel like they can find a better fit, or if someone, you know whether it be injury history, whatever it is, um, making a move that they feel like is for the betterment of the team. But again, like you said, this one is a, is a tough one because of how universally loved Beverly is within Clipper Nation, and I think you know he might not be that loved outside of Clipper Nation, but he's one of those guys where if he's on your team, you really notice and respect all of the hard work, especially on the defensive end. But again, 3 and D guys shot over 40% from three for multiple years as well. So, uh, and and as you alluded to, the kind of stepping up in big moments, you mentioned the guys he's guarded, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Devin Booker, you know, he did a really good job on both those guys in the playoffs and, and hit two big threes and had some great games to close out Utah. So someone who clearly can, can come through in the playoffs, but, you know, the Clippers with, I think, maybe a lack of getting to the rim, that driving ability. I think that's what has driven this trade, and we talked about it a lot last year, where, you know, live by the jump shot, die by the jump shot. That's not all on sure. Beverly, but he's a guy in this system who's primarily, you know, spot up, hit shots, and then do his thing on the defensive end, where on the defense, yeah. maybe this front office... Seen especially without Kawhi for an extended period of time, might need a jolt of, you know, that playmaker who gets into the lane, finishes at the rim, creates for others. So you you understand kind of the, the mindset of where they're going with bringing in someone like Bledsoe. But it's a it's an interesting deal as well as you, as you mentioned.
1: It's definitely interesting for sure. Yeah, and, and Bledsoe he's, he's he's definitely somebody that you you respect. You know what I mean on both ends of the floor as well too. So his, his defense takes credibility as well um, not so much as Pat Beverly which he's known for but just just the the mindset of actually Pat Beverly you know running to the corner as a point guard is kind of putting so much more energy on the main guys you know what I mean so to take away and give that to somebody that's actually going to be able to produce like you said it's going to be penetrating it and driving and kicking and looking for their, their role player and I mean their elite players that can knock down shots Giving them, you know, great looks instead of always shooting with one or two hands in their faces, um, letting them see the basketball. I mean, the ball from from that standpoint is going to be awesome. You know, so I think it's going to be really interesting. This is a huge calculated move for the Clippers, and um, I'm excited. I think it was definitely um, a smart piece, and sometimes a huge piece. Like like training your star player is not always the right thing. You know, what I mean, you need these small pieces to work and. You know they have enough time to to figure out what does work when you have somebody like Kawhi Leonard that's going to be out for an extent of the time as well too. Paul um, George definitely needs somebody to actually take up a little bit more of that slack as well. And you know summer league is going to be awesome too. We've seen a lot of these young guys actually playing their butts off and giving spurts as well too. So um, it's going to be awesome for sure.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be definitely really interesting and. Uh, you know, we talked about kind of the reason why it was so important to bring Reggie Jackson back. I think, you know, Reggie should should probably retain that starting role for just how incredible he was. But even, you know, all the better for someone like Bledsoe where, you know, maybe he's that spark plug off the bench. He'll still play a lot of minutes, but can kind of have the ball in his hands more with a second unit where there's not as much pressure on him as, you know, previous stops where Milwaukee, he was on a championship contending team or he's the starting point guard and, you know, supposed to be the team's third best player. He's, he's going to be required to produce with the Clippers, but it's not going to be that same level of pressure, at least right away, to to be the main guy or one of the top guys. He's just got to kind of fill his small role, uh, you know, a big role at that of getting to the rim and, and really setting the table for a lot of guys. But, you know, if he's yeah. engaged, as I said, he's capable of doing that, even as his stock has kind of been, de- you know, lowered and devalued over these past couple of years with some yeah. of his playoff struggles. I think you still look at, you know, someone who's averaged no less than i think last year new orleans was lowest in a long time at a little over 12 but you know someone who averages 15 points a game for his career around there and you know can rebound can as you said defend he's a former all defensive team selection so he's someone who's not you know a slouch on that end of the floor so you understand kind of the the thought process and the move and it it will be uh you know really intriguing to see how it turns out uh when the clippers start up uh you know in october
1: yeah, let me ask you something. You think you think you know as far as the Bledsoe team, um, what you said for sure. He he wasn't feeling the the vibe as far as his his leadership role that he needed. Um, you think it's going to be a different Siding with Bledsoe? Kind of like a redemption type year. Um, we always see him actually you know like struggling from three point range as well too. So maybe we'll get a spurt of him actually you know coming in with with a trigger this year with the the Clippers. How do you think he he would play and pan out with these teams?
0: Yeah, I think I think that's probably the the hope and the, the goal for the Clippers coaching staff in front of office and I think for mm-hmm. them you can point to as as recently as last year with guys like, like Reggie Jackson and, and Nick Batum who, you know, came from situations where their team was struggling or, you know, they might they might not have been playing that well, not as highly motivated, whatever it may may have been where, you know, they just weren't showing the best version of themselves and Ty Lue and this coaching staff was able to bring out, you know, the premier top level part of their games. And I think that they're betting on this coaching staff kind of finding that same niche for, for Eric Bledsoe as well. So I think that's obviously the hope, um, you know, the three point shot, as you mentioned, has come and gone. He's not a great shooter. He's had regular seasons where he's been decent. Um, you know that, you know, he's had some big time playoff struggles, which you won't really know until, you get into that situation again but but maybe maybe a better suited roster for him will help him there where you know we know new orleans didn't make the playoffs last year but eric Bledsoe had probably his fewest drives to the rim in quite some time but he was playing on maybe the team with the worst sp- spacing in the league where you know zion's yeah. a guy who's getting to the rim they had steven jack or Stephen adams excuse me clog- clogging the lane uh no yeah. real shooters for him to work with so you know, kind of negated a lot of what his game is about. So with the Clippers, we know they have no shortage of shooters. They have a ton of them. Uh, So that should really help Bledsoe when, you know, when he's on the floor he can have an array of shooters that are on the three-point line, kind of opening up the middle of the lane and and letting him excel at what he's best at.
1: And penetrating, yeah. I think he's really like a a lost jewel that nobody has, I shouldn't say nobody, we haven't seen in a long time. You know, we know of Bledsoe, but we haven't seen too much of him, A, because he hasn't been in the playoffs for so long, and B, um, there's nowhere to play a guy in that space. And what you said, like everybody penetrating and getting to the hole, you got young guys like Zoe, um, you know, that's going to take a lot of that tick where they want him to shine, you know. So, um, Bledsoe is definitely one of those guys that's in his season as a prime player, and he needs to be shown with some prime guys that actually know the game as well. And, and, I think he's in the moment of trying to win something bigger than you know just a, a individual
0: accolade right now, and I think this is going to be a great fit for him. Yeah, and of course, you know, a, a return and a homecoming for Bledsoe, who was, you know, started his career with the Clippers and played his first couple seasons in LA. You know, back with True. the very start of the Lob City years with with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and, and being part of that that core before eventually you know being priced out and becoming somewhat of a star with with Phoenix for. For a couple of years before finally settling in with Milwaukee, but um, yeah, no, I'm excited to see how it works out, um, you know, to circle back to, to Beverly and obviously what, what he's meant to the team, you know, I don't think it can be be understated with not only just what he produced on the floor, and that's reflected in the win percentage, you know, up over 70% of the team's games he played and they won, uh, you know, he just really beyond that embodied kind of a culture and a heart and soul of the team that of course resonated with the team, but I think even more so resonated with, with the fan base where we know in, in in Clipper Nation and Clipper land that, you know, we know Clippers are the underdogs in the city. It's always a Lakers town. It's always a Lakers city. Uh, but having a guy like Beverly who unabashedly, you know, not afraid to talk and say anything and kind of puff out his chest and be proud of being a Clipper... <laughs> you know that that wasn't always the case with this team to have guys who are so gung-ho about being part of this team and this fan base and this culture so uh when you talk about guys like lou williams and you know blake back in the day and and obviously beverly and and what he's meant uh, i don't think it's any secret why he's so beloved by the fan base and why there was such a a strong reaction of of kind of sadness from from the clippers faithful for for seeing patrick beverly go just for what he's meant to the team and and just kind of how much he embodies the entire fan base as a whole.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: No, that's true. Yeah. So uh, true. you know, we we can't wait to. Uh, I mean, we we wish Patrick Beverly the best. We'll we'll see him in a Minnesota uniform, which should be interesting on its own right. With you know, he kind of slides in nicely to that backcourt uh, in a kind of a, a leadership role with a with a very young team, which is how things kind of started for him with the Clippers. When you think about the early start with Shea Gildas-Alexander and Landry Shamit. you know, Beverly was kind of one of the, the early leaders for that. He now goes to a team with, you know, young guys like Carl anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. Uh, it should be a fun spot to see him in and see if he can help Minnesota, who, you know, has really struggled winning in the past couple of years, uh, see if he makes that yeah. w- winning impact uh, with Minnesota in the future.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think Pat Beverly's somebody that will fit into any team, you know, with that that attitude that he has, um, that dog attitude is definitely welcome on any team, especially a young generation that's trying to come up and needs to know how to win. You know what I mean? And it's a great situation. You know, Pat Beverly's been a person that is not always looking for <clears throat> the, the the leadership of just trying to win a game. He wants to win every single game. You know, so that's the key thing as far as bringing in a veteran like that and, and molding the young guys as far as how to win every single game and going about it. You know, being productive, um, and it starts just bringing in every single day in practice. And he is no slouch to that. He's going to be boastful. He's going to talk. You know, and, and be a leader that it, that he is. You know, um, hats off to him and what he did, and, and to continue that journey for sure. Um, it's going to be remarkable for him in his career.
0: And that's a really great point when you mentioned that where there's probably not a team that he wouldn't fit on fit in on, and I kind of thought you know I was just thinking about it right now, where even when the trade happened initially and you kind of get over the shock of Beverly being traded, I was like, oh, you know, he kind of fits well with that Grizzlies team, and then obviously <laughs> they true. move they move him to Minnesota, and it's like, oh well, he fits well with them, and yeah, you might be right he might just he might just fit well everywhere kind of because of what he brings is is something that that really every team needs for sure. So we wish we wish Pat Bev the best. We uh we'll see him back at Staples Center Has the schedule just released. We'll get into that as well. But he'll come back early in the season, uh, November thirteenth, the uh, the Timberwolves come to Staples Center. So that'll be a an emotional return for Beverly and and we'll see how you know Bledsoe fits in and everything. And and just to kind of put a bow yeah. on, on that trade, uh we know obviously with Beverly it was, you know, Rondo uh, and Daniel Orturu out in the trade as well. We know O'Turu you know, he obviously hadn't cracked the rotation a young guy who you know unknown if he'll really carve out a spot in the league or not and then and then Rondo of course who uh you know interesting cuz we were we were on board with with that move and for a minute and when he first arrived it it looked like playoff Rondo was there and then it kind of was the reverse they got playoff Rondo in the regular season and in, in the playoffs <laughs> they kind of got regular season Rondo <laughs> <I> guess, so <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah i don't know what it was i thought he, they was
1: actually trying to trying to hold him off for playoffs but he never he never showed up at all so um he must have missed a plane um <laughs> uh, but for the most part uh <laughs> he uh he, he he got his ring you know what i mean so <laughs> it's kind of hard to get a ring and be that person um searching and trying hard to get obtain that that championship ring with another team you know what I mean to build that same chemistry that you had um with the Los Angeles Clippers that he came from so um it was unexpected for sure we definitely expected those things as far as what he could bring in you know he's he's a seasoned vet so right now I think Rondo's definitely coasting and he's he's getting that bag and (laughs) he's actually just you know staying in shape and, and just loving the game right now and hats off to what he's been doing all the way through so wherever he goes and bounces for sure I think he's going to be a leader in the locker room more so um, the importance that he'll bring in that sitting
0: um, rather than on the court his appearance for sure yeah 100% and I, and I think you you kind of hit it right on the head there like I don't know if he'll end up staying in Memphis you know if they're going to keep him or not but if he does then like you said he'll probably have that that mentoring leadership role where he's kind of guiding ja morant you know an explosive and up-and-coming and and, and superstar young point Mm -hmm. guard uh and if not he'll probably latch on to another contender and and even if he's not playing big minutes you know he's someone who who will provide great locker room leadership and and insight and and to his credit with the clippers you know even when he didn't play in the playoffs when he kind of got put to the side uh you -hmm. know he stayed positive he stayed engaged he was with the group you know he was never sulking so uh, from that, you know, end of thing and perspective, you, you give Rondo credit and, and as you said, hope that he finds a way to to, to kind of regain his form. But, again, he's also a player who's he has been in the league a long time and, and may just be, you know, aging uh, as all players eventually do. For sure. For sure, yeah. And as we continue talking about the, the Clippers roster, uh, you know, one thing that's kind of the, at least for now, you know, the glaring knee looking at this roster after the deal is... Is that center position in in the third center we know that of course Zubats and Serge Ibaka are that two-man tandem and then they can go smaller with Batum and Morris playing those roles but but the timetable on Ibaka is is uncertain you know he'll come back sometime early in the season but we don't know exactly how long if it'll be a couple weeks a month or two uh you know a back can be tricky so uh you know where do you see the Clippers going with that third center spot or someone who at least early in the year is going to essentially be the backup center to Zubats and, and how they kind of attack that
1: yeah for sure I think I think they got to get Sergi Bach out of the out of the
0: podcast right now <laughs> the, the how hungry are you cooking, cooking? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: I don't know if that's the the, the French food that he's cooking that's the problem but we'll, we'll figure that out as we go along but uh <laughs> yeah I think that's going to be something that they look into um, they definitely have one more roster to pick like he said and uh, that's got to be the most important key um, you can't have a reliance of, of Zubak who's who's fresh into that role of being a starting um, center um, and he definitely deserves it hats off to him and what he's been doing we've been big Zubak fans he's been eye-opening for the past two years that we've had this podcast, you know, uh, just for the minutes that he's had, whether it was big or small, he's been a huge presence in the playoffs, which is phenomenal, and uh, he's a shooting star right now, you know, and his, vert- his vertical is going up as far as the stardom. Um, but continue um, as an 82 game season, and you know, being a, a elite wrecking force in playoffs, um, you can't put all your 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 diamonds in one bag for sure. So you definitely need some part of a, of a, a sighting where you can have, I would, I would literally go for a veteran. Um, if there's one out there as far as the big man, just a mentorship as far as what they can give for zoo box and a preparation, you know, case you go head to head with some of these big time, um, elite centers. And there's a few of them out there. 76ers, you know what I mean? You got your man, uh, this unstoppable from that standpoint. So you need guys that can actually guard and defend because Zubac is a, he's a big man, but at the same time he is a little bit thin, you know, in the waist. So you got to be be mindful of that for sure. And um,
0: I would definitely go with a with a veteran. That that would be my pick for sure. Yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who they're able to attract. Uh, you know, in that role, and you know if they're able to find anyone that can really. You know provide any kind of spark you know at, at minimum deals uh you're not always gonna get you know the cream of the crop of course but a lot of the great teams you know they'll find guys that can contribute and obviously the clippers you know they're painting batum just over the minimum now he's obviously you know what he turned into is amazing so anything close to, to that in terms of production would be would be huge and uh you know we'll see who they go after the the center market Uh, you know, Aaron Baines is out there, although he has an injury he's dealing with, Um, you know, Paul Millsap is more of a power forward, but he's still uh, on the market, and that's a veteran type of guy who, of course, is, you know, well-seasoned and and played in a whole bunch of big games, and, uh, you know, and then there's a lot of the younger guys looking to prove themselves, you know, trying to think of those centers that are available, you know, Isaiah Hartenstein, who played with the Rockets, you know, big body, you can kind of shoot outside and inside, Luke Cornett, the same thing, so there's there's guys that are available, and of course, you know, just coming off summer league, you know, maybe we know this Clippers scout team has been strong lately. Maybe they saw someone who's you know hanging on the fringes of a roster that that they can add and, and potentially step into that third center role for the club.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we gotta get one of these uh, the Kumpo brothers, man, probably because <laughs> <laughs> they racking up rings, man. We gotta throw one of these guys on our team. That is team, that is true. Man. It's it's not
0: a bad point. I mean. Alex Alex Atenecumbo, the fourth brother, was undrafted. I think he's on a he I think he's latched on somewhere summer league wise, but you know, maybe like you said, the Charm, the <laughs> brothers are winning rings. So that uh yeah, that might be <laughs> that might not be a bad plan. No, for sure.
1: No, I think there's gonna be something where uh, they do an amazing job as far as the, the the recruiting and the scouting. So they got their eyes on somebody for sure right now gonna be happening real soon and be in the mix. And I'm looking forward to filling this roster. We got a full schedule ahead and it's just phenomenal to actually
0: see that, you know, it's about time to get things going right now. Yeah, for sure. And before we get to the schedule, we know here on the uh on the pod we love to do grades for whether it's free agency, we've done it with the NBA draft and, and kinda of going on the note of the draft, Summer League wrapping up or did wrap up for the Clippers and the NBA, so Gonna give our quick grades for the Clippers. Rookies plus one. We know Jay Scrub is technically a second year player, but having only played in a handful of games, we'll throw him in with the rookies and give the grades for, for those four players. So, uh Alex, let's start out with the first first round pick, or the only first round pick of this year for the Clippers. Keon Johnson, who was taken twenty first overall out of Tennessee. Um, what grade do you give Keon for his performance in the summer league?
1: Man, I like Keon. Um it showed a lot um i would say start off the top i'll probably give him an a i definitely would give him an a you know what i mean just him not being scared more so and him i can see him actually working on his ball handle a lot which is phenomenal you know so um it paid off that's the one thing that i was looking at are these guys actually moving like nba players or like college players and he has the Tenacity to move like a, not tenacity, but he has the the physique to move like an NBA player. He's he's smooth with it. He's comfortable making you know certain moves and, and being out there in one on one situations and and attacking. So I would definitely give him an A across the
0: board for sure. Yeah, Keon. I thought you know like like you said athletically, I think he's already there. Um, you know, shooting wasn't quite there yet. He did have one game where he shot it well, but he's the type of player where I think he'll get better when he's playing with better players, because he's not, at this point at least, you know, that go-to type of guy. He'll feed off of, you know, the spacing that's provided by great players like Paul George and the ball movement, where he can be a cutter and a slasher and use that athleticism to, you know, finish at the rim and, and play solid defense on the other end. So, uh, you know, I thought in Summer League, you know, it was up and down for Keon, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a B. I think the potential is super high. Um, I think he was finding his footing a little bit, but I am still optimistic about, you know, what he, he can do. And I think it's also important to say, like, whether the grade's an A or an F for any player, like, we've seen in the past, yeah, Summer League is also not the end-all, be-all. We know that, you know, what was it, Trey Young's first game, he was 0-for-10, and everyone was saying, oh, he's a bust, and, and we see what he is now. So, uh, you know, we've seen that a lot where people get written off for Summer League, and that's obviously, you know, never yeah. a, a smart thing to do.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, it definitely is um yeah but it's true though he he he, he has spurts for sure and uh, like you said to to charm in what you said i i see him actually getting those little loose loose cuts back door you know finishing strong and1 power plays um, that we saw a man was getting you know what i mean getting the crowd involved and stuff like that if he can fill that role it'd be exciting for sure for him to actually um get those little 50 50 balls and loose balls and and making, you know, key adjustments as far as what they need off the bench, for sure,
0: uh, Yeah, moving forward. Yeah, no question. All right, so let's go to uh, to Jason Preston, you know, point guard out of Ohio, was taken high in the second round. Uh, what do you think of of Jason's performance?
1: Man, uh, Preston's actually, um, he, his IQ is, was what I was looking for as far as a point guard, and it was pretty impressive, you know what I mean? Um, It was a little timid as far as him being out there sometimes and and trying to figure out how to get by his guy. I think he has a great first step, and he needs to work on his explosiveness and and getting to the hole with some contact. But for the most part, I would definitely give him probably, probably a B, I would say, for sure, too.
0: Yeah, I think I'd go with the same thing with a B for Preston as well, where I think, like you said, the first game, game and a half, maybe two games, he was timid and, and kind of not, you know, not aggressive, not able to find his footing. But the latter half, the last three games of Summer League, he looked really comfortable. I thought, you know, you could see, like you said, the IQ, the passing ability, I think, is is off the charts with his ability to find guys at any spot on the floor. Uh, and, you know, he had some impressive finishes and stuff as well. So uh, I'll, I'll give him a B. But again, I, you know, positive upside there for someone who once he, once he gets a little stronger, you know, gets his NBA body going, he's someone who... You know, he's got good size, really like six five. You can see, as we said, a great passer, um, unselfish player. So, um, you know, I think there's there's a nice place for, for Preston and a high ceiling for him as well. Yeah, for
1: sure. He's got crazy time to develop, too, more than anything. And uh, he's going to learn a lot from these
0: veterans. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Obviously, Reggie Jackson and, and Eric Bledsoe at the point right now, and then you've got other guys who will have ball-handling duties like, you know, canard and paul george of course and man so Mm -hmm. preston will probably not get a ton of time this year but as you said he'll have a great great front row seat and learning experience and and he'll be able to to kind of develop as he works alongside those guys which would be really fun to see yep all right let's go to uh let's go to brandon boston who you know such an interesting trajectory for him where you know sierra canyon before he went to kentucky one of the top recruits in the country. You know, had a had a a rough year at Kentucky, fell all the way from a projected, you know, or beginning of the year top 10 pick to 51 Clippers grab him. You know, what do you think of him in the summer league? He looked he looked impressive uh, in in the summer league and often at times like the Clippers most confident scorer. What do you see with Brandon Boston? No,
1: across the board. And I just love how how the Clippers was not playing around with his contract. They signed him to a two year deal. Yeah. No matter if he came fifty one or whatever. They knew what kind of player he was, you know. So I, I was impressed with him. Um, more so just impressed with his athleticism and with, you know, him being a Cali kid, you know, I'm always rooting for those guys. <laughs> yeah. More so. But um yeah, I I just like the the up of him actually being actually to attack the, to rim most more than anything. And, uh, you know, is having a tenacity of, you can see he had like a little chip on his shoulder when he was playing for sure.
0: Yeah, no, and to your point about the contract, the high, you know, not a still not a huge money contract, but still the highest paid guaranteed contract for a player drafted in the 50s in NBA history. So like you said, the Clippers, you know, no hesitation about locking him up for a couple of years, and getting him into the system, and and having him ready to go, and and we talked about it on last week's episode, but for all of these guys, especially Johnson and and Boston, wing players, who better to learn from than than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, so that should honestly, and hopefully help in his development as he goes forward, but yeah, I'd give Boston an A for for what he did in the summer league, and, and really high expectations for him going forward, again, not sure, you know, this season how much he'll play, but Uh, I think there's a lot of upside there for Boston to be potentially a really strong player in the league.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he is going to be. What would you compare his game, not to put you on the hot seat, but what would you compare his game to to possibly be, you know, that you can see him actually imitating or being like a poor man's version of – as he gets stronger and gets in, you know what I mean, into his rhythm and his physique and stuff like that, what would you think his game would maturely be, you know, uh, image wise?
0: I mean, right now, and I th- I've heard some people make this comparison as well, um, both from, you know, style of game and and body style. Uh, you know, Brandon Ingram is someone who comes to mind uh, for Man, you for hit me. The head. Yeah, you know, just kind of the. The smooth nature of his game, obviously the ability to, to get inside, hit from the mid-range, you know, developing that three-point shot, uh, just even the mannerisms and, and the way that they play is very similar yeah. to me. I think Boston's a little shorter. We know Ingram has more, you know, he was often compared early on to, to Durant, which is obviously a lofty yeah, Durant, co- exactly. comparison, because yes. uh, Ingram's a little taller, but, uh, you know, outside of the, the height, Boston's still, I believe, six seven, six eight, so not small in any regard, but Uh, Yeah, I think kind of the shiftiness, the smooth nature of his game, the Mm mid-range jump shooting, and kind of the length. Uh, Yeah, I see Ingram as a a comparison for someone that, obviously, like you said, if you kind of hit that ceiling, that would be uh, an amazing find for the Clippers.
1: No, for sure. And I think that's what they're banking on, because they locked him in of of that much time where he can actually blossom into that person. Um, Yeah, you hit it on the head. I was thinking Ingram before. Uh, anything. And i seen it just the way he walks, his mannerism is ridiculous. You know what I mean? <laughs> smooth, calm. I'm in my own zone. Can't nobody um, distract me or defer me from getting to my spots and hitting you with counters. You know what I mean? Using my size and length and not wasting no time and energy on doing silly moves extra than rather just getting to my spots, you know what I mean? Attacking. So I definitely see that in him more than anything, too. It's, that image of mirror, image of him
0: being Ingram at that particular point, you know, in two or three years down the line. Yeah, that would obviously be a huge, huge successful draft pick for the Clippers if it ends up like that. Uh, We'll go to the final player we're grading here, Uh, Jay Scrub You mentioned, of course, second year in the league. He missed most of last year, so essentially a rookie in playing time, but he, of course, had all the time with the team last year. Uh, What do you give his summer league grade for for Jay Scrub?
1: Scrub is, uh, you can tell he had a year underneath his belt for sure. It just showed with his confidence and him actually being able to get out there and show what he was capable of doing. Um, I'll give him a B2 for sure, you know. Um, not a lot of minutes came from him, but, you know, I guess they know what he can do. But for the most part, you can just literally see, like I said before, that it shows a huge difference for the guys that actually been, even if they weren't even playing substantial amount of minutes, but if they had that local one attached to them, you can see the IQ, the poise and the patience and the timing. And he definitely has that, you know what I mean? And it comes with confidence of being bumped around with these veteran guys in the league and stuff like that, being mentored. And, you know, he, he's he's a smooth killer, you know, I would look I would definitely say.
0: Yeah, I go with a B as well. I think we saw on display you know, his ability as a scorer, and, you know, that includes of course his shooting, but just someone who's kind of naturally one of those spark plug type scorers. I think we talked about it last week as well. But you know, someone like Jordan Clarkson where you put him in, you know, he can get buckets and and that's kind of Mm -hmm. the strongest point of his game right now. uh, his ability to score the basketball at different levels and you know, we saw some nice rebounding performances from him. You know, I think he needs to improve as a passer uh, and on the defensive end, but uh, yeah, I think for what they've seen in him so far, and and obviously missing pretty much all of last year, getting his health and his footing right, uh, I, I thought it was another you know nice performance from from a Clippers youngster. And uh, a lot of these guys, especially since you know three of them are second round picks with Preston, Boston, and Scrub. Uh, you know the fact that the Clippers have potentially players who can be contributors at some point, point in all three of them, it would yeah. be would be a huge success for just you know. Players in the first round don't always pan out, let alone late in the second round. So I think that you are looking at it that way, if they get you know production out of all four, in you know, all three of these guys, or even a couple of them, that's a big win for the Clippers in their their scouting department and in, in drafting.
1: No, for sure, it shows great value. Um, you know, you, you wish you can actually keep all these guys developing, mature to be the the player that you want them to be. But I think um, you know it's definitely going to have some some. Some cap where these guys can blossom and be somewhat of a value you know what I mean if if need be traded or something like that but each one of these guys are really um, remarkable and they're going to be able to you know probably get a chance to showcase their talent this year um, putting on their jersey and seeing it so I'm looking forward to you know each one of these guys success they're young so you know Clipper fans bear with them you know what I mean don't bash them Mm -hmm. and, and and um, more so just, you know, look for, you know, that spurt of energy from these guys and, you know, cheering them on.
0: Yeah, no question about it. So, you know, hopefully, like you said, at some point we'll see all these guys get an opportunity. We know that in, you know, obviously the early part of the season or maybe bulk of it, no Kawhi. So maybe maybe there is that opportunity to jump in there, even with, you know, a lot of depth and a lot of talent at both the guard and wing positions. Uh, you never know. Someone can kind of claw their way into the rotation. So that'll be exciting to see Uh, before we wrap up here on this week's episode of Believe in Clippers. The NBA schedule was just released today. Uh, You know, the Clippers, uh, you know, obviously early on, you're not going to go through every single game here, but they start on the road at Golden State. That should be a nice, really fun opener. I think, I think Klay Thompson will not be, not be ready yet, but you know, anytime you got Steph Curry and obviously Paul George on the Clippers side, that should be a really fun kind of opening night matchup. And then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, home opener, they've got the Grizzlies, uh, you know, October, they got Portland at home, Cleveland at home, they play Portland on the road. You know, so so a potential for, you know, that, that start could go either way where you have all teams that are kind of, in similar footing, where they're all pretty solid, you know, outside of Cleveland, but even they have, you know, a lot of young talent, um, all games that are kind of toss-up games, and, uh, you know, the season isn't won or lost in the first few games, but, you know, it could go either way. It could be a great start, could be a terrible start, could be, you know, a 500 start uh, for those yeah. first, you know, five, six games where the Clippers will, you know, kind of see how they're they're adjusting uh, to life without Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, we, they did obviously in the playoffs as well, but kind of getting ready for, you know, a full season or at least a good chunk of a season without, you know, one of their best players or their top best player.
1: For sure. I mean, you got you to gotta consider this as well. So you got Steph Curry, you got John Morant, elite <laughs> four-star scorers that they're coming at you the first mark of the game, you know, two first first game, second game. You, you would think that you would have, you know, Kawhi Leonard that would, you know, that will play defense then you eliminate pat beverly as well so the locker room is like all right who's guarding these guys now you know what i mean so who's gonna step up and actually be that other half of the court that they need to to lock down you know and we're talking about guys that it doesn't matter if you know pat beverly's in front of them or kawhi leonard they're still getting 30 you know so yeah that just shows you know um how awesome this league is, more so how how serious that the Clippers gotta take it and, and step up early and be a, a
0: threat on that defensive end, you know? Yeah, it'll be it'll be immediate kind of early pressure on well of course we know Paul George is always gonna defend well. Uh but guys like mentioned Eric Bledsoe, you know, Terrence Mann, obviously, with what he can do. Um mm-hmm. so, you know, those are guys that you looked at to be defenders here early on. Uh, for the Clippers, you know, kind of looking through the schedule, no Christmas day game for the Clippers this year. I think, you know, the league obviously, yeah, you know, yeah, not seeing the Clippers as as big a draw without Kawhi, although they do have still a good chunk of, of, uh, nationally televised games, but no Christmas day game. They got, uh, I believe four sections of five games and seven nights, which is tough, uh, 14 back to backs, uh, you know, so some tough portions of the schedule, um, so we'll see how, you know, that ultimately goes. They have a big eight-game road trip in late January, uh, two six-game home stands out throughout the year, and, uh, you know, looking all the way to the end, uh, they'll have at least their last four games of the season at home with New Orleans, Phoenix, Sacramento, and Oklahoma City. Um, so we'll see. You know, there, there's a lot to digest there, but, um, you know, ups and downs of the schedule as always with, you know, the back-to-backs and... Uh, you know the five and seven and all that, but uh, just kind of par for the course what the Clippers have dealt with in the past. Yeah, man, that's
1: that's crazy. I was when you was telling me all that, I was thinking I had flashbacks. Like, oh my <laughs> god, that's a lot of traveling. <laughs> I, was like, I can't believe I did
0: all that. <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, you've crazy. been you've been in the thick of it, and and for this Clippers yeah. team as well, it, it kind of boils down to obviously we we know Kawhi's status for a while and surge probably for the first part of the season as well but uh, it'll really show the importance of health for this team and and that kind of ties back into the beverly bledsoe trade as well where i think part of the reason they made that trade is because beverly has been hurt so much during regular seasons and and bledsoe's been very durable where he plays almost every game all season long uh in the past so um you know health will be very very important for the clippers going forward yeah i definitely will be i'm excited definitely excited let's go man <laughs> all right let's go that is going to do it for this week's edition of the believe in clippers podcast thanks so much for tuning in you know the deal rate review subscribe five stars always appreciated we're on all podcast platforms so alex we'll do it again next week and for all of you out there thanks for tuning in here on the Bleed podcast network let's go